Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard. You're listening to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show. And this is a special edition of Rudy Maxa's World because I'm coming to you today from one of the most glorious spots in the country. I'm just off the lobby of the Sierra Nevada Resort in downtown, or in the downtown, of a former gold mining town called Mammoth Lakes, California, high in the Sierra Nevada mountains. I'm nearly 8,000 feet above sea level, and that's just about the permanent population of Mammoth Lakes as well. But the big business in this town is tourism, thanks to an incredible ski mountain called, logically enough, Mammoth Mountain. It stands about 11,000 feet above sea level at its peak, and it's about a seven-minute drive from where I'm seated now. About two and a half years ago, I broadcast from here, but it was in the winter. Now, an average of 33 feet of snow falls here each winter, though when I was here, I think it fell 33 feet the night before I showed up. Skiing here can continue into June, and that winter, it actually went into July, if you can believe it. The longest run on the mountain is three miles. About 40% of the slopes are designed for intermediate skiers. That would be me. Another 25% is for beginners, but black diamond skiers won't be the least bit disappointed at what the other 35% offers. It's still summer here, obviously, which means days are in the upper 70s, there's deep blue skies, there's a riot of wildflowers everywhere, and nights cool enough to light the fireplace. Mammoth Lakes is close to Nevada. It's about a three-and-a-half-hour drive to Lake Tahoe when the roads are passable. That pass is closed in the winter, by the way. We're about a five-and-a-half-hour drive from Vegas, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Uh, I remember taking the one-hour flight from L.A. after the sun had gone down when I, filmed it, when I uh, did the show here in the winter. It was an absolutely magical tableau out the window of my plane. I remember distinctly the moon shone on the dramatic mountains, which were covered in snow, of course. And if that was all I had seen of the region on that visit, it would have been worth the trip alone. This time, let me try to describe what I saw from the air. Well, the sun was blazing. It was late afternoon as my Alaska air flight approached the Mammoth Lakes Airport. This time, the mountains looked like a landscape of a brown moon punctuated with these brilliant emerald lakes filled with melted snow. It was as breathtaking a view as it was on a winter's night. Today, I'm going to introduce you to this heavenly place. In the course of the show, we'll get an overview right after this week's travel news from my friend John Erty. He's the director of tourism for Mammoth Lakes. Then we're going to meet one of the many professional athletes who live and train here. The first American to win a ski or cross gold cup. His name is John Teller. I'll also talk with a pro cyclist who's in town this week for something called the Mammoth Kamikaze Bike Games. I have no idea what those are, but they sound very serious. Phil Mooney will be in the house to explain. And the gold mines in these parts may be closed, but there's a microbrewery here that makes beer so good that folks in L.A. wish the Mammoth Brewing Company would make more so they could drink it there. Owner Sean Turner is going to drop by. Plus, as always, I'll have a few deals of the week toward the end of the hour. But let's start with a quick look at this week's news and travel. Well, more of us are going to be able to glide through security at U.S. airports without having to take our computers out of bags or removing our shoes. That's because this week the TSA announced it's going to roll out its faster screening lines called pre-check lines at 60 more airports by the year's end. Right now, 40 U.S. airports offer pre-check lines that let pre-qualified passengers keep their liquids and gels in their carry-on bags and exempt them from having to remove belts or, li remove belts or light jackets. Pre-check lines can be blessings at busy airports, and uh, since the system was introduced two years ago, more than 15 million passengers have been taken advantage of these expedited checkpoints. 
How do you qualify for pre-check privileges? You've got to be a U.S. citizen or a Canadian citizen who belongs to the U.S. Customs Nexus program. You have to belong to a frequent flyer program of a participating airline, though later this year, anyone, or any U.S. citizen anyway, will be able to apply by giving the TSA their fingerprints and paying $85. Now, this is not to be confused with the program that costs $100 and allows U.S. citizens to bypass immigration lines when coming into the U.S. from foreign countries. That's called the Global Entry Program. And in that case, you've got to submit an application and show up for an in-person interview at a major airport in the United States. The Global Entry uh, Pass is very useful for frequent overseas travelers. I used it recently returning uh, from Costa Rica. You slide your passport into a reader that also verifies your fingerprints. Boom, you're done. You're issued a chit that lets you bypass immigration lines. Now, if you happen to carry an American Express Platinum card, by the way, Amex will cover that $100 application fee. The world-famous British broadcaster and interviewer David Frost died this past week at age 74 while aboard the ocean liner the Queen Elizabeth. He was sailing on a transatlantic cruise to give a speech. His family said the cause of death was a heart attack. You may wonder, you may well wonder, what happens when a passenger dies on a cruise ship when it's out to sea. Now, it's not anything you'll read in a cruise ship brochure, but all those big ships have a morgue for such cases. When I was here last time in the winter, I met, I met the head of the... Actually, he was new in the job. His name is John Erty, and he joins me here today. You were new then, weren't you? I was. And you say tourism has just gone through the roof in three years. Is that a coincidence that you came here three years ago? I don't think so. You know, now that you bring it up, that's a good question. And I think that, uh, you know, definitely the correlation with us being a lot more active in our marketing and especially in our off-season marketing. Right now, our summer marketing is uh, a major focus. And getting folks to come visit us when it's not snowing like crazy when you were here last time, um, which is our huge draw in the wintertime. Uh, but to get people here in the summertime has been a major focus, and it's been very effective. Well, I know I arrived here after Labor Day, which means kids are back in school, so there are fewer families here. But this is just a delightful time. There's only two cars stopped at every stoplight at the most. You have no trouble getting restaurant reservations. Well, let's talk a little about what is available here in the summer, because I was astounded. Absolutely. I think that you, you tend to have a lot of people that come here in the wintertime, and if we get them to come back in the summertime, they're blown away at everything that we have to offer from the hiking and biking and fishing. Uh, the golf courses are absolutely stunning up here, and the ball goes a little further at uh, 8,000 feet as well, so that's always helpful. Oh, does it? It does. So it, car- it carries quite a bit more, so it's, uh, it's a little bit of a hero game out there for you, but um, the fishing here is, is world-class. Um, the Alpers trout. So Alpers trout is really our big uh, trophy fish that we have here, but there are five different versions. Uh, five different varieties of trout that you can catch up in the area here and the most elusive is the golden trout and those are really trout that live up in the high altitude lakes up over 9,000 feet and so that's a that's they they don't grow very large because of the altitude but they are definitely one that is a well sought after fish now I'm not a fisherman so this is probably a dumb question is this catch and release or do you catch and have it for dinner you know there are both I think there are there are some places we have year-round fishing in Hot Creek which is just south of us by the airport and uh, that is all catch and release but in the lakes up here in the lakes basin and Mammoth Lakes with Lake Mary Lake Mamie George Twin uh, those are those are catch and release if you want to but you can also take them home and, and cook them up on the on the on the grill now you just mentioned three or four or five lakes so how long a drive is it from right here in Mammoth Mammoth uh, lakes this town of Mammoth Lakes to those lakes? You know, from where we're sitting right now to get up into the Lakes Basin, which uh, sits at about 9,000 feet, is about a eight-minute drive, if that. Really? So, yeah. So everything's right here. 
And do people generally rent cars when they come here in the summer? You know, the good news is, is that we do have the rental cars at the airport with Hertz and, um, and with Enterprise. And the, the really good news is that we could walk out the front door of the Sierra Nevada Resort here and hop on a free transit bus and get us pretty much anywhere we want to go in town. Including these lakes? Including the lakes. And one of the great things is we have a, a multi-use path that goes up to the lakes basins. And uh, you can, we could go out here right now, put our bikes on a trolley, drive up to 9,000 feet and ride our bikes down the hill. So you're saying, I don't even have to pedal uphill to come downhill? That's right. That's right. We have trolleys that have uh, shuttles on the back of them. You can put your bike on, ride up to the basin, and then uh, hop the bike and ride down. And gorgeous gorgeous ride around Lake Mary Loop. There's just a, a, a beautiful, beautiful area. And the, the paved path that goes up there is one of the highest use in the country. All right, stick around. We're going to talk more after this break. I'm coming to you from the lobby of the Sierra Nevada Lodge in Mammoth Lake, California. I'm Rudy Maxa. You're listening to Rudy Maxa's World, where it's all travel all the time. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back after these announcements. Stay with us. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Ever wonder how you can travel like a rock star at a fraction of the cost? Truth is, being lucky in travel takes a little research. Written by Reader's Digest, Travel Guard presents the Smart Spender's Travel Guide, your resource to hundreds of tips from Reader's Digest's popular travel articles. Learn what to pack, how to avoid expensive travel mistakes, and more. Request a free copy of Smart Spender's Travel Guide at TravelGuard.com. We need your email address. All travel advice in this guide is provided by Reader's Digest and as such does not represent the views or opinions of Travel Guard. Travel Guard is a licensed provider of travel insurance and assistance service plans. Learn more at TravelGuard.com. Searching for a great hotel deal? Go from online to on the road with America's Best Value Inn. Book a room and stay between August 15th and September 30th this year and save 10, 15, or even 20%. The longer you stay, the more you save. Plus, you'll enjoy free internet, continental breakfast, and HBO at most of our 1,000 hotels in North America. Visit americasbestvalueinn.com for details. With value in our name, you know you're getting a great deal. Done. Guys, you've heard about Ageless Male, the natural supplement that helps boost free testosterone levels. But now, the best testosterone product is even better. Because for a limited time, you can try Ageless Male free. That's right. Call now and you can boost your free testosterone levels with Ageless Male for free. You only pay shipping and handling. Just call 1-800-497-9606. Ageless Male can help you feel more like you used to in your active life and in your romantic life. Because our formula has been clinically shown to increase your drive, desire, and performance. If you're ready to recapture that drive from your youth, now is the time to try Ageless Male with this free bottle giveaway. You must call now because this free offer is for a limited time only. Just call 1-800-497-9606. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Max's World. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. It's nice to have you here. It's 18 minutes after the hour, and this segment of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by our friends at travelguard.com, one of America's premier travel insurance companies. They've teamed up with Reader's Digest, and they've created a free booklet that you can look at for free online 
called Reader's Digest Smart Spenders Travel Guide. And it's a look at how to save money on hotels, why you ought to be able to take a vacation now, even if you don't think you should. A whole host of tips. So TravelGuard.com and Reader's Digest have teamed up. All you have to do is go to TravelGuard.com, and you'll find a direct link to it. Or you can go to my homepage, RudyMaxa.com, and right across the top of the page is an advertisement for TravelGuard. Click on it and check out Reader's Digest Smart Spenders Travel Guide. We were talking with John Erty. He is Director of Tourism here in Mammoth, California. In case you just tuned in, we're doing this show out of the studio today. I'm in Mammoth Lakes, California, up in the Sierra Nevada mountains, just one of the most beautiful settings in the world. It's the first time I've been here in the summer. I've been here for a couple days already, and it's just stunning. And the guy who has the easy job of trying to convince you to come here, and the entire world for that matter, is John Erty. Um, whose website, by the way, is uh, visitmammoth.com. That's right? the one. Now, you told me, you told me well, during the break that you have uh, one of your colleagues in Brazil touting Mammoth Correct. Lakes. You're going to London for a big ski show and then the big, huge international travel show. Yes. People come that far away here. We do. In fact, right now, while you're here, I'd be surprised if you didn't run into uh, a good handful of Germans, French, Italians, uh, UK, Australia. Right now, with the kids back in school and after Labor Day, it's a, it's a great opportunity for folks, for folks to come up here. They come for fall colors. They come for fishing. They come for hiking. Uh, with our access to Yosemite National Park being, you know, just about a half an hour to the entrance, the eastern entrance of the park, and about two hours right into the valley. It's a it's a beautiful, beautiful time for, for folks to be here. And I made a mistake in my introduction. I said that the pass from here to, did I say to Reno said was to Reno, closed? Yeah. It's actually not closed in the winter. It's the Correct. pass from here to Yosemite that's, cl- uh, that's closed, right? Correct. Yeah, 395 that runs right up to Reno from here is, is uh, very well maintained. So people flying in or coming down from Lake Tahoe to ski with us uh, get, have no problems getting here. But the park is, uh, is closed during the wintertime. There's just tremendous amounts of avalanche danger on Tioga Pass. Oh, it's exciting. So you really couldn't uh, maintain the road without worrying about having a few cars get washed off the side. And so you also have to take a circuitous route in the winter because of snow to San Francisco, right? Correct. So you do actually have to go up towards Lake Tahoe and then over to San Francisco from here, but it's still accessible. And we have two flights a day from United in the wintertime from San Francisco, so it's a 32-minute flight right over Yosemite National Park. Ooh, well, it's let's gorgeous. talk about this. You've got two flights a day from San Francisco into Mammoth Lakes Airport. Yes. You have flights year-round from Los Angeles Correct. to Mammoth Lakes. Yep, which that's I with Alaska Airlines. With Alaska. And then you have seasonal in the winter flights from Orange County, California as well, right? And San Diego. So in and the wintertime, we end up with six flights a day, two from San Francisco, two from Los Angeles, one from Orange County, and then one from San Diego. Okay, so very accessible. So if you're listening to this anywhere else in the United States, if you can just get to San Francisco, San Diego, or L.A., or Orange County for that matter, you're all set. We were talking about summer... Uh, the summer options here because uh, I'm just startled at what I see people doing it. There's ballooning. There is mountain biking. I saw going up to the mountain a bus pulling a trailer, which I've never seen. It carries like 20 bikes on the back. Absolutely. And these were crazy kids (laughs) who I saw going on these paths, disappearing into the forest, up the hills. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. The mountain, so Mammoth Mountain has 85 miles of downhill mountain bike trails. And that doesn't even include all of the cross-country mountain bike trails that we have throughout the the National Forest here. So uh, there's no shortage of riding, and it's for all ability levels. You can ride flat paths with your family on a, uh, basically on dirt roads, or you can ride things where you're going to be dropping off of uh, 10, 15-foot rocks. I won't be doing that. I won't be doing that. Nor will I be taking you out to do that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Are you exaggerating? You, you can no. Drop. No, there, there are some, uh, there are some pretty, pretty hairy little drops up on the mountain. So. Well, 
obviously locals know their way around here. If I come here as a visitor for a few days, is there a map? I mean, how do I find these great paths? Sure, there are some great, um, there are some great resources out there. In fact, one of the newest resources is a website called mammothtrails.org. And on the mammothtrails.org website, we could bring it up here. And if you brought it up on your cell phone, it would actually give you directions to a trailhead from here. So you can drive right to the trailhead park. Then it will give you an actual um, elevation gain of the trail. So if I'm trying to hike with my seven and nine-year-old, I know I'm not going to want to hike out to, say, Duck Pass, where it may gain a, a tremendous amount of elevation, and I might lose the kids and have to carry them. So uh, it's it's a tremendous website. Your seven-year-old son? He's seven. My my seven-year-old son. Actually, he'd probably have to carry me. Well, is he some, is he just a few years away from jumping off rocks on bicycles? Uh, he's already doing it on skis, so I'm pretty sure that he'll be doing that next summer anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your daughter is too, isn't she? Absolutely. They're both. Uh, they're both very, uh, very athletically inclined and both uh, fearless. What if I want to swim here? It gets hot here during the day. Cool it enough does. at you night. You know, it's, it's it's amazing because it's um it actually feels warmer than it is. The temperature itself doesn't uh, necessarily climb too high. It's just you're at eight thousand feet. So I think our 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 temperatures in the summertime rarely go over eighty five, but it does feel much warmer. And uh, and there are there are places you know June Lake over in the June Lake Loop is a beautiful place you can rent paddle boards and kayaks and really just enjoy the scenery over there it's an absolutely gorgeous place uh, people water ski on Crowley Lake just to the south of us uh, there are a lot of people that go out and, and canoe and kayak and uh, go out in float tubes to fish you know they'll go out and they'll actually paddle around the lake and, and fish from a float tube it's it's uh, it's pretty amazing when you see how much activity goes on in the water around here. And obviously hiking is an option. Are, do you hike on bike paths or are those separate paths? You know, there are multiple. A lot of the paths have multi-use from everything from hiking to biking to horseback riding. Uh-huh. So you actually have uh, the, the, the mammothtrails.org website will actually um, sort that for you. So if you want to go hiking, you can click on it and it'll show you all the places you can go hiking. If you want to take your own horse, you can click on what's uh, accessible for horses uh, off-highway vehicles. So four-wheelers, motorcycles, things like that. You can click on that map to show you exactly where you can take the, uh, the off-road bikes. This is an, a Mammoth Lakes is an action-packed place, isn't it? No, it is. I mean, it's very outdoorsy, very action-packed. Everybody here looks like they're in shape. and Absolutely. Absolutely. Us city boys, we're just wowed <laughs> by this. I've never quite seen so many tan people walking around in, in, in those tight Lycra bicycle outfits and with hiking boots and, 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 and doing daredevil bicycle stuff. It's quite amazing. It's a very active community, and honestly, the, the biggest challenge we have here is trying to determine what you're going to do on any day. Okay. Because and then there's in the, so and of much course, then in the winter, if you just tuned in, it should go without saying that Mammoth Village is sort of the base for Mammoth Mountain. Uh, not the base, but the base town for yep. Mammoth Mountain. And skiing rules the roost. Skiing and snowboarding rule the roost here in the winter. Yeah, skiing, snowboarding, um, snowshoeing, snowmobiling, Nordic skiing. Of course. Uh, dog sledding. Uh, you, no, you, uh, come year, on. Year-round fishing. There's uh, winter hiking. So there's just a tremendous Bet you don't have ice fishing, though, do you? You know, you do if you actually want to go up to the lake's basin and shovel off probably 10 feet of snow <laughs> <laughs> to get to get to the ice. John Erdy is the Director of Tourism here at Mammoth Lakes. You can visit the uh, tourism website. It has a lot of information um, at uh, visitmammoth.com. John, thanks for joining me. Thank you, and they can follow us on Facebook at Visit Mammoth as well. Visit Mammoth as well. Okay, terrific. Got a couple pieces of news I just want to give you before we wrap up here. Uh, I was surprised that, uh, uh, to find this. Um, guess which airline offers the most flights with the roomiest seats? If you guess Southwest, you're right. I never would have guessed Southwest. This is according to a website I'd never heard of called routehappy.com, all one word. It's a website that takes into consideration seat measurements, you know, the pitch of it and so on, how much legroom you have, access to Wi-Fi, entertainment systems, and other criteria the, sites refer, the site refers to as happiness factors. Not a phrase you hear applied to air travel these days a lot if you're flying coach. 
You're invited to plug in your destination to learn what airline scores the highest on the route you have to go on in the Happiness Factor Department. Uh, the website said Delta offered the most seats with best pitch, but unless you're an elite member of the airline's frequent flyer program, you've got to pay more to secure those seats. Southwest is an all-coach airline, and it doesn't charge for different categories of seats because it doesn't have different categories of seats. Virgin America gets a good grade, too. Route Happy says only Virgin America offers on all flights the trifecta of happiness, roomier seats, Wi-Fi, and in-seat power at all units, so you can plug your laptop in and uh, keep working all cross-country. Oh, joy. And then is there no end to lists of the top this or that? NBC rated the 10 best airports for long layovers, and only one, San Francisco, was in the U.S. The network cited that airport's yoga room, its rotating museum displays, and its wide choice of classy options for food and drink is the reasons SFO, San Francisco Airport, made the list. The top four in the world at NBC are London's Heathrow, Amsterdam's Schiphol, Munich, and Zurich's airport. Singapore, Hong Kong, and Seoul Airport showed the flag for Asian destinations. Vancouver was the only other airport to receive kudos in North America. And according to a study by Expedia, here's another number that surprised me. A study by Expedia and a company called Compete, travelers visit 38 travel sites before purchasing a vacation package. Now, we're not talking about purchasing just an airline ticket or reserving a hotel room. This was a study of vacation packages. But still, it was a number that surprised me. 38 is a lot of websites. The study tracked consumers who visited so-called destination marketing sites, such as Visit Britain or Visit Mammoth. In the 45 days prior to booking a vacation package on Expedia, Hotels.com, Hotwire, Travelocity, Orbitz, Cheap Tickets, or Priceline, nearly half of all travelers who book vacation packages online use one of those sites. Stick around. We're going to talk to a guy who was the first American to win a gold cup in the skier cross race. Now, the skier cross, I'm going to learn more about when you do, when John Teller joins us after this break, because apparently... It's going to be a whole new competition in the Olympics coming up, the Winter Olympics coming up in Sochi, Russia. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. Nice to have you here with me this weekend. I hope you'll stay with me. John Teller, a guy who knows how to handle his skis, is coming up next right here in Rudy Max's World. Rudy Max's World is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Ever wonder how you can travel like a rock star at a fraction of the cost? Truth is, being lucky in travel takes a little research. Written by Reader's Digest, Travel Guard presents the Smart Spender's Travel Guide, your resource to hundreds of tips from Reader's Digest's popular travel articles. Learn what to pack, how to avoid expensive travel mistakes, and more. Request a free copy of Smart Spender's Travel Guide at TravelGuard.com. We need your email address. All travel advice in this guide is provided by Reader's Digest and as such does not represent the views or opinions of TravelGuard. TravelGuard is a licensed provider of travel insurance and assistance service plans. Learn more at TravelGuard.com. Several research studies show that people who are on the same diet and exercise program lose three to four times as much weight when taking 1,100 milligrams of pure green coffee extract than they do when not taking it. So if you are serious about losing weight, call Longevity Medical Clinic to order your bottle of pure green coffee extract at 866-869-6864, extension 1. That's 866-869-6864, extension 1. Or order online at lmclinic.com. That's lmclinic.com. Participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. 
Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World, where it's all travel all the time. It's 33 after the hour, and if you've just tuned in, I'm on the road this weekend, coming to you live from the Sierra Nevada Lodge, located in Mammoth Lakes, California, right up here in the Sierra Nevada uh, mountains. Just a gorgeous, uh, gorgeous, gorgeous place. My guest is John Teller. He was the first American to win a World Cup skier cross race. You placed gold in that, right? I did. Um, what is a skier? Let's start with that. What is a skier cross race? Um, skier cross is kind of a mix between roller derby slash motocross, and obviously we're skiing. There's uh, four competitors starting at the same time, moving their way through a course full of bank turns, uh, rollers, big jumps, small jumps, and uh, first two to the bottom qualify for the next round. They uh, start with 32 racers, and we work our way down to the final race. And I said at the top of the hour that this was going to be the first time at the Sochi Olympics that Skier Cross was in, but you corrected me. This is going to be the second time that Skier Cross is recognized as an Olympic sport. Yep, this will be the, the second year in the Olympics, and I'm very proud to go out and uh, hopefully represent uh, the United States there in Sochi. You're in. I'm not in yet. I have eight races at the beginning of uh, this 2014 season to qualify for the Olympics. And you were an alternate last time around. I was. Okay, well, we wish you all luck. Now, what were people doing before this was Olympics? Well, when did skier cross? When was this invented? I mean, is this a relatively new sport that it was just accepted by the Olympics a few years ago? Um, it, it is a relatively new sport. I believe the actual birth was about '94, somewhere in that area, and it actually was um, the X Games was kind of the the first real venue that was out on television and everything, and it's kind of slowly crept its way up uh, onto uh, national television and you know being a, a world worldwide sport now. And obviously, people were doing this around the world. It wasn't just an American thing for the X Games. Right, yeah, it's definitely uh, been around the world. I'd say the Americans kind of put, a, put our spin on it and made it a little more interesting. Um, it kind of actually follows from border cross, uh, which is a more popular in a sport that's been around a lot longer, but exact same scenario, except uh, they're on snowboards and we're on skis. Tell me where you're from, how you got into skiing. Um, I'm born and raised here in Mammoth. Uh, I've pretty much been born on my skis. I started skiing at about three years old, and uh, I haven't stopped since. Um, just growing up here in this area, it's a perfect venue to, um, you know, every day get out there and push myself and, uh, you know, become an Olympic athlete. And was downhill racing not exciting enough for you? Um, yeah, I spent actually uh, the majority of my lifetime chasing um, an alpine skiing career and trying to make the Olympics um, through that venue and uh, just di didn't quite make it there and switched over to the ski cross and I absolutely love it. My guest is John Teller. You can read more about him at his own website, which is John Teller, T-E-L-L-E-R, johnteller.com. You can also follow him at Twitter at John underscore uh, Teller, and he's on Facebook at John Teller Ski Cross. All right, now, you you live, you were born in, and have lived here, and do you train, I mean, do you have a particular course that you use to train for uh, skier cross skiing? The training's probably the biggest, um, the toughest area, the toughest venue to, to really achieve. It takes a lot to make a good ski cross course. They're, they're, you know, it, it usually takes up an entire run sometimes too, and there's a lot of cat time that goes into pushing snow up and making the course right. So um, getting proper training is very tough. There's various venues around uh, the United States that do offer um, pretty decent ski cross courses. So that tends to be the, the training grounds for me besides just skiing here on the mountain and, and uh, you know, utilizing the uh, different uh, aspects and, and uh, terrain that Mammoth has here. Does Mammoth have a skier cross course where you can practice 
pure skier cross? There, there is a small one. They tend to uh, fence, uh, fence some stuff off for me to make it bigger, but it, it's definitely toned down for the public, and the public's totally welcome to go into it, and it's, it's a great time. Are there other skier cross professionals here in Mammoth uh, Lakes? Um, there is a young gun coming up, Tyler Wallish, who um, I, hopefully he'll make the Olympics this year. Um, but he, he has a lot of learning to do, and he's uh, um, been a part of this community for a long time. He, he went to high school here. I actually used to coach him in football, and now he's moved his way up to the World Cup ranks and uh, hopefully right, right along my footsteps. How old are you? I'm 30 years old. And how old is he? Uh, see, I, I think he's about 19 now. Okay, so when you said younger, I was looking at you thinking you're a pretty young guy, but I guess he is much younger than <laughs> he, you are. He is a little 19. bit younger. Okay, and how many of these, how many skier cross competitions do you enter in the average year? Is this, are we talking four? Now 15 races usually. Um, there's about 15 World Cups. Um, sometimes I'll have a couple some other, uh, smaller other races around along the world. The way. Um, it, all the World Cups are around the world, yeah. We, this coming season, we only have one World Cup in North America, and that's in Canada. It's our very first race, and then the entire rest of the season I'll be in Europe. Okay. Oh, all the rest are in Europe? Mm-hmm. Okay. What kind of destinations? Can you tell me? Um, you know, they tend to be a little bit smaller destinations, uh, ski resorts that have finishes really close to um, the village and stuff so that people can get out right there and, and enjoy uh, all the festivities of the villages that we go to and, and uh, watch some ski cross races as well. Ever been um, injured? Uh, I've, I've had some small injuries, nothing to keep nothing me out injured. of anything bad. I, I had a pretty bad uh, sprained ankle at the end of last year that kept me out of one race, but uh, I was right back at it. Do you do this for a living? Um, my full-time job, I'm actually an auto mechanic here in town, and uh, I like to say my, my skiing cross career is my part-time job. So I, I end up taking a, about four months off during the winter to, to uh, chase this ski cross career. But yeah, my real job, my day job is I'm definitely an auto mechanic. <laughs> Well, it's good to have something to fall back yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, it, but it sounds like your goal this year is making the Olympics team for Sochi in Russia. Yeah, so and uh, right? de definitely being a, a medal hopeful at, at the Olympics is, uh, is definitely my goal as well, and, and that's looking very, very promising. Well, let's follow John Teller at johnteller.com. Why not? Thanks for being on the show, John. Thank you. We'll be right back in Rudy Max's world after we take a short break. Hey, stay with us. Don't go away. We'll have more travel talk coming up in just a, about a few minutes. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Hey, folks, with summer vacation planning in full swing, have you thought about travel insurance? Our loyal sponsor, Travel Guard, offers valuable coverage that travels with you and your family. Travel Guard's available 24-7 with several plans to choose from. Covering medical emergencies and evacuations, travel delays and trip cancellations, lost luggage and more, Travel Guard's your lifeline away from home. Visit TravelGuard.com or RudyMaxa.com. Coverage limited by the terms and condition of the policy and may not be available in all states. Underwritten by National Union and Fire Insurance Company in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Non-insurance services provided by Travel Guard Group Incorporated. Several research studies show that people who are on the same diet and exercise program lose three to four times as much weight when taking 1,100 milligrams of pure green coffee extract than they do when not taking it. So if you are serious about losing weight, call Longevity Medical Clinic to order your bottle of pure green coffee extract at 866-869-6864, extension 1. That's 866-869-6864, extension 1, or order online at lmclinic.com. That's lmclinic.com. 
Searching for a great hotel deal? Go from online to on the road with America's Best Value Inn. Book a room and stay between August 15th and September 30th this year and save 10, 15, or even 20%. The longer you stay, the more you save. Plus, you'll enjoy free internet, continental breakfast, and HBO at most of our 1,000 hotels in North America. Visit AmericasBestValueInn.com for details. With value in our name, you know you're getting a great deal. Done. Guys, you've heard about Ageless Male, the natural supplement that helps boost free testosterone levels. But now, the best testosterone product is even better. Because for a limited time, you can try Ageless Male free. That's right. Call now and you can boost your free testosterone levels with Ageless Male for free. You only pay shipping and handling. Just call 1-800-497-9606. Ageless Male can help you feel more like you used to in your active life and in your romantic life. Because our formula has been clinically shown to increase your drive, desire, and performance. If you're ready to recapture that drive from your youth, now is the time to try Ageless Male. With this free bottle giveaway, you must call now because this free offer is for a limited time only. Just call 1-800-497-9606. 1-800-497-9606. 1-800-497-9606. Do you or someone you know have an overseas trip coming up? Perhaps a college student preparing to study abroad or someone planning a honeymoon or trip of a lifetime. Why not get a feel for the place by ordering one of my DVDs? From Paris to Hong Kong, Tokyo to Tuscany, I've made more than 80 shows on the world's great destinations. Knowing a bit about the history, culture, people, and cuisine of a city or region beforehand can enrich any trip. Just click on store at www.maxa.tv to sample my DVDs. That's maxa.tv, and check out the new Blu-rays as well. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. It is 43 minutes after the hour, and it's nice to have you here on this sort of late summer weekend. Uh, It's certainly summer where I'm coming to you from. We've taken the show on the road, and we're in Mammoth Lakes, California, high in the Sierra Nevada Mountains. I'm coming to you just off the lobby. You may hear some conversation in the background uh, of the Sierra Nevada Lodge. Uh, Delighted to be here, and delighted to be joined by this town's microbrewer mogul. He's co-owner of the Mammoth Brewing Company, and his name is Sean Turner. Sean, welcome to the show. Hello. Glad to be here. Now, there's only 8,000 people who live here. Um, (laughs) Tell me a little about you and how you got into the brewing biz. Uh, You and your wife, let's be clear about that. Well, I started, actually, uh, my own contract brewery back in the early 90s in San Francisco. No, this was in San Francisco. I owned a a distributorship. I learned pretty early on it was almost easier to represent other breweries at that time. That's when uh, microbreweries, the first real wave of microbreweries was really taking off. And where are you from? Did you grow up in San Francisco? San Francisco Bay Area. Okay, all right. So you're in San Francisco, and you're distributing, and you start messing around a little? Yeah, I start messing around. You know, I was one of those home brewers who turned my hobby into a job. And uh, for better or for worse, uh, you know, I enjoy it very much. I ran Wooliver's Organic Ales uh, on a national basis. Um, enjoyed that quite a bit. And uh, actually thought I got out of the beer business for a little while until I learned that Mammoth Brewing Company, which started in 1995, actually, was for sale. The original owner was looking to... Uh, 
move on. And I had experience, um, because of Williver's on a national basis, taking a brand to a much larger scale. So my wife and I moved up here from the Bay Area, uh, purchased Mammoth Brewing Company, and that was in 19, I'm sorry, 2007. And in the past six years, we have quadrupled the size of the brewery. Um, we only distribute along the eastern side of uh, the Sierra Nevada. Uh, we, the furthest west we go is into Yosemite National Park, actually. Um, they are our largest customer by far. We deliver up and over the highest paved pass in the United States, Tioga Pass, at almost 10,000 feet. We drive a truck in there twice a week. Um, and who are your clients on the eastern side? Uh, or what, what, what geographical venues, I should say. Right. Uh, from Lone Pine, essentially, where the Mount Whitney portal is, all the way up to uh, Reno, Tahoe, and Truckee, essentially. But not Vegas. And not Vegas. Not we San Francisco. Not San Francisco. Not L.A. And there's some demand for that. Before we get into that and what you're going to do about that, yeah. uh, let's, let me just get, get it clear. So you came, had you already been to Mammoth Lakes before you bought the brewery? I mean, were you familiar with this area? Or did you, you bet. Yeah. You would this, come up for holidays? Oh, yeah. This is a great destination. Oh, I mean, no you talk about, about you know, the hot springs and just the thing I love about the east side um, is, you know, how dramatic you go from the desert valley floor, which is still at 6,000, 7,000 feet elevation, just to, you know, uh, just, just to the peaks of 14,000 feet. I mean, you're coming up from Lone Pine and you've got Mount Whitney on one side of it, and it's all the way up. Uh, just to the north of us here is Dead Man's Pass, which is what the highest uh, no, actually, it's um, the summit just beyond Mono, Mono Lake that is the highest pass on Highway 395, and it's so dramatic, driving north all the way up to Reno, uh, the entrance to Yosemite Valley, Bridgeport, uh, to the north of us and such. And the thing that I absolutely love about Mammoth, and perhaps one of the most difficult things about Mammoth, is how isolated we are. You know, you got to want to get here. And uh, it's a five-hour drive from L.A. or from uh, Sacramento. And San Francisco. And, and San Francisco. But I tell you, it's one of the most beautiful I bet it is. I've flown. I've only flown in. And that, flying in is flying dramatic. In I've flown in, it, flew in it. I talked to the early, earlier in the show about flying in at night my first time in the winter mm-hmm. and the moon on the snow-capped mountain. Oh, unbelievable. And then yeah. flying in here a couple of days ago in the summer, like a moonscape of those emerald lakes with the melted ice water, I presume, in it. Yeah. Snow water, right. I should, snow, I should say. Yeah. Um, just, just stunning. Okay, so we don't have a lot of time left. So there's, I know people come up here from L.A. or down or over from San Francisco, mm-hmm. and they want your beer. Are you, will you someday be in those markets? Is it simply a matter of not having the production facilities? Yeah, that's right. And our focus really is the um, uh, eastern, the high Sierra. We brew at 8,000 feet with the highest elevation brewery on the West Coast. We've won several awards, just got two awards at the World, World Beer Cup uh, just last year, and that's really put us on the brewery. Does elevation... Now change how you brew beer? It does, actually. Because water only boils here, it only boils at 198 degrees, we have to boil about 50% longer. But because you don't reach that high temperature of 212 Fahrenheit, it tends to lend itself to a softer boil, uh, making the beer profile just a little bit softer. We work with alpine water. Uh, the water that we get are some of the, is some of the best in the country. Well, I'm sure you're making beer lovers everywhere wish they... I mean, this is... I remember, I'm old enough to remember when you couldn't get Coors sort of east of the I don't know what, the Rocky Mountains or yeah, something? Yeah, that's right. And uh, I lived on the East Coast, and I didn't know. I didn't even drink beer at the time. Everybody said, we got to get Coors. we got to get Coors. Uh, I think that's what's going on in some of the bigger cities in California, and I think you got to step up to meet it. And i got to say goodbye to you. <laughs> We're running out of time. Uh, Sean Turner is co-owner up. of the Mammoth Brewing Company. You can find more details by going to mammothbrewco.com, mammothbrewcompany.com. 
Sean, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back here in just a few moments. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. Nice to have you here. It's 52 minutes after the hour. And if you've just tuned in, this is a special edition of Rudy Maxa's World. coming to you from Mammoth Lakes, California, nestled in the Sierra Nevada mountains, the prettiest place in the world. My first time here in the summer. I've been here in the winter, and it was beautiful then, and it's... Just, just stunning here now. And there's something going on while I'm here called the Kamikaze, the Mammoth Kamikaze Bike Games. We're going to get to that in a minute. But we have uh, with me, my guest is Phil Mooney. He is a pro cyclist. He's in town for those Kamikaze Games. But before you get to this is a very scary sounding thing. Before we get to that, tell me a little about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in the Midwest, but now I live in uh, Oakland, California. Where in the Midwest? I grew up in Valparaiso, Indiana, a little, little town in northwest Indiana. That counts. And when did, you, when did you go from riding a bike to, like, really riding a bike? Oh, I started racing bikes uh, just over 10 years ago. How old are you? Uh, I'm 28 now. So at 18, you started racing bikes. At 18, I started racing bikes. And that was sort of, I mean, after riding a bike uh, as a kid sure. all the time. Uh, and then when I went to college, I went to a small school in the Midwest called DePaul University. Mm-hmm. Uh, where actually cycling as a bit of a... Uh, as a bit of a popular sport uh, on campus, actually. Uh, so I started racing there and then continued racing when I went to graduate school at UC Davis, which is when I first moved out to California. And, and as soon as I finished my master's, I signed my first professional contract. What did you get your master's in? Uh, in structural geology. So I love it here in Mammoth, too, to look at the Big rocks too. here. So, yeah, there are big rocks all around. Good to ride a mountain bike over. So so, so do you work as a geolo- in geology at all? Uh, no, I've been a, a full-time professional cyclist on the road then for four years now. What's that? Is that constant travel? You're like a professional golfer going from one tournament to the next? You know, that's that's sort of how it's like. Yeah, I always say we're like trained monkeys out there. We just go put on a show wherever we're at. But uh, uh, we, we race all season long for, you know, sort of usually starts up in March and it ends right about right now. And then we have a couple months of the off season, although off season is still training. It's just not traveling. But. Have you been bicycling here since you got here? Oh, oh yeah, certainly. I've been here Does for the altitude three or four you? days. Um, I mean, the altitude gets you, but you know, I've been a professional athlete for a while, so it's sort yeah, of something that we we deal with that. So it's, it's all no, right. Let's no get to the main problem. event this uh, this week here. What is a Kamikaze bicycle competition? Oh, so the Kamikaze Bike Games is a, a sort of a legendary uh, mountain bike event that uh, sort of started in the '80s and the '90s, and it's been on a hiatus for for ten or twelve years or so. And they're just starting again this year. Um, and so it's a whole host of uh, different races that the Mammoth Mountain is putting on. Big races, well-promoted, awesome place to ride. Yeah, um, but there's races and there's races. This is a kamikaze race. This yeah, so implies th- danger. So there's a whole bunch of races, actually, that are going on now. So the kamikaze is one of the many, one of the many races. Um, and that's one... Uh, it's basically you start uh, at the very top of the mountain and there's a fire road that goes down and you just ride, you know, 50 or 60 miles an hour down that mountain uh, all on a wide fire road, all on really loose pumice there on the side of the mountain uh, all the way to the bottom. But it is it is absolutely crazy to see those guys going by. How many people will we comp- have you done this before? First of all, uh, I have never done this before. I'm, I'm a professional cyclist on the road and I'm also a professional uh, cyclocross racer. Uh, the mountain biking is something that I sort of picked up last year and I kind of do for fun. Um, 
Although, you know, it's still pedaling a bike, so it's definitely still something that I do but a lot. But you're pedaling it on, on a whole different terrain than you're well, used to. Well, I mean, this one isn't even much pedaling. You know, gravity That's takes true. you you're down. Just... You're, you drop off that mountain, and they're going from, from bottom to top of the mountain, I think about four minutes is what... Uh, and how many? Is what's, that's several that's, miles, isn't it? I mean, that's like you're dropping more than 2,000 vertical feet. It's, uh, it's, Have you been out practicing fast. on that? Oh uh, Yeah, I, I rode that course a couple times. Uh, that's okay. not the one. That I'm not going to be racing the Kamikaze event. I'm going to be racing a different event uh, called the cross-country race, too. But I did. Oh. Uh, I have uh, gone down Kamikaze just because it's the thing to do. So Does anyone Although, ever fall? Uh, oh, yeah, you hope not. I mean, it, it hurts when you fall, but uh, but some people definitely will be falling. And are there spectators watching this? Uh, yeah, you know, a lot lower down because you're gonna, you have to hoof it up to where you're watching, and it starts at the top. But as towards a, the bottom, there's a lot more a, spectators. As a spectator, yeah. Uh, and it's you know, and they come absolutely flying by then. So. And now tell me about cross country. What is a cross country race? So is cross, it on flat terrain? Uh, no, no. So a cross country race <laughs> is not sort much of flat terrain here. It's sort of more what you think of as a, a typical mountain biking. You sort of start and you do a loop, or in our case, where we happen to be doing four loops. Each loop is just over five miles long uh, so these involved you know a lot of climbing uh, sometimes on fire roads a lot on single track and then uh, some descending on the single track as well and that's more of an event that uh, requires uh, overall fitness as well as the bike handling skills well some of these other events uh, don't require as much um, as much cardiovascular fitness you stuff these guys are athletes and they're massively strong they're guys doing these gravity events and when, coming down these guys you're one of those guys don't give me this these guys oh no there's a big there's a kind of road you described what kind of road did you say it's part uh, of a, a fire, fire road or fire single road? track oh so what's a single track uh, fire road is probably hard packed dirt right yeah so a fire road is just like a you know a car could drive on it um, and what's single and single track is then a, a narrow trail then so you're talking a trail that's maybe uh, one or two feet wide yeah, so more, none of it's paved think a hiking trail is oh no none of this is paved we're all on a mountain bike for this none stuff. of this is paved i see and you have won these races You've uh, won a lot of races, haven't you? Uh, I've won a hand. I've won mainly races on the road. I'm new to this mountain biking thing, but I have won a couple mountain bike races too. Well, I just, I'm just fascinated by it, uh, and and, and uh, I'm glad you're. You know, I'm just glad, Phil, that you're not in the kamikaze thing. Just because <laughs> you seem like such a nice guy, and you don't look particularly wounded in your arms. Oh no, I've been here for a few days, and I'm still healthy. I'm happy about that. Well, it's terrific having you on the show. I wish you best of luck. Yeah, follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Twitter's at Philip Mooney. Um, also follow the team at. Team Jameis Hagen-Sperman is who I race for on the road, and then uh, Team Jameis CX is who I race cyclocross Well, I'm going to send them to Facebook, Philip Mooney, M-O-O-N-E-Y, by the That's way, right. is Mooney. Philip, thanks for joining me. Sure. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. We're coming to the end of the hour here at Rudy Max's World. If your station is leaving us now, I want to thank you for uh, having joined me. Uh, we'll be back again next week, same time, same station. Uh, most of our stations are staying around for the second hour. We're going to take about a six-minute break, and we'll see you right after that. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing Must Hear Radio on the SSI Radio Network.